0: Father we just uh, again thank you for uh, your provisions we thank you for safety uh, and your grace and mercy for us and the people that we serve and uh, we thank you that last night uh, even though there was some uh, different calls than normal um, that uh, we were able to help people I thank you for the opportunity to help uh, especially the girl who, uh, who was pretty anxious at the airport just a lot going on with her I just pray that uh, through uh, the efforts of our team that uh, she would know that there is a God who cares for her and uh, wants relationship with her and we just thank you for the opportunity we have to learn from you in all these situations I just pray that um, we would see you and the people that we serve and that we would see your hand uh, of provision um, in all these situations Uh, We thank you for um, just this group uh, of people. We thank you for our partners, um, the other departments at Hope Mission we get to work with. um, And we just pray your blessing over everyone involved. In Jesus' name I pray.
1: You're listening to Hope Stories, a Hope Mission podcast where we take you into the heart of the hurting and hungry in Edmonton. This season, we're inviting you to join us as we go behind the scenes on the 24/7 rescue van, where your generosity is providing life-changing care to those in need. This is episode three, Life or Death.
2: So my name is Kai-in and I've been on the van for uh, the whole mission rescue van for about uh, eight months now. And I guess how I initially got involved was a uh, was because I, I guess I, I wanted to become, so my, my aspiration is to become a firefighter paramedic. And um, I guess, you know, going to into this industry, we deal with a lot of not just people who need, uh, who need help uh, in emergent situations, but also the, you know, man down or the inner city population. And so try, try to get into it with this job um, as a, I guess, as more of a stepping stone. You know, the more I, The more i learn about the inner city population the more i um, more god has given me a heart for the inner city because my heart breaks for them and i think using this avenue with the whole mission rescue event is such a yeah using this is such a, a a valuable tool to build a relationship with them given that they you know when when we find them they're in a spot where they don't want to live or they don't they intoxicate themselves just for the sake of not feeling their past traumatic pains.
0: We see a lot of addiction. Uh, we see a lot of mental health issues, um, untreated uh, mental health issues. And uh, I think, having a constant stable relationship with those people provide them with uh, with the help that they need Um, it helps first and foremost people feel valued i think of of situations where especially where a person's really struggling with mental illness and uh, where uh, typical people are uh, kind of shy away from them uh, may even be scared of them um, where we're we're not just saying hi, but we're approaching them, welcoming them on our vans, spending time with them, hugging them when they need a hug, um, high-fiving them when they need a high-five and uh, treating them like the humans they are. It's a that's a privilege. I I mean, we get to know some really awesome people um, who have very difficult struggles, but we're we're just glad that we can be present in their lives and um, do the work that we're doing.
3: What's going on? Um, there's a guy out here and I need to remember his name. He's one of my, one of my reports.
4: Where is he? He's walking
3: that way in a yellow and red sweater and he left the shelter and 2 and one was looking for him because he was supposed to go into housing. Uh, so last time that I saw him, we picked him up. The nurses had dropped him off and told them that he was fully capable of taking care of himself and he's not. So he can't go to hospital because there's nothing actually wrong with him at the moment and he needs assisted living so they he's supposed to go into assisted living but he had to stay at the shelter over the weekend because nothing was open he left and then everyone was looking for him so i just want to make sure that he's got help and he's not just wandering around hey duane um, yeah? did you get your housing same house
2: i had before
3: Oh, they put you back into it? Yeah. I thought you were supposed to go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I thought so too.
3: Do you still have the nurses that looked after you last time?
2: Yeah. I had first bite in my hands. Um, I was found uh, in the snowbank, put my pants down and stuff. And uh, they uh, took me to hospital in my first place. I was there for three months.
3: And you only have mobility in your finger, your thumb, right? Is yeah. the only one left?
2: Yeah. Half a finger and one thumb.
3: can't eat properly because of his fingers.
2: Yeah, you can't cook, you can't eat.
3: Well, and you're partially blind too, right? Yeah. So how far in front of you can you see?
2: Over ten feet.
3: Ten feet? Yeah. Can you see clearly in front of you, or just shadows. shadows? Shadows. I
0: can't see your face.
3: We live in a world where people want to see immediate results. And for someone that has been through trauma for their entire life, not going to be an easy one day fix. They need someone that is constantly there for them and that wants to take care of them and they need to see that and build trust with that person. We see them, some of them weekly, like every single rotation I'll see them. And if I don't, then my brain starts wondering why? Why am I not seeing you? Is it because of a good reason or a bad reason? Do you have gloves in your bag? I thought you had some
0: okay.
3: give me a second I'll just grab you some
4: every situation can be life or death and it sounds dramatic but it's actually not one, one minute you can be talking to somebody and like just for instance there's a guy that was I just actually started to get to know him uh, last I can't remember when he when he passed but uh, I remember it was really nice outside. Um, it was last year actually and I saw him the day it was nice and it was just a normal day and we we're talking. He was at the van talking to me for like 20 to 30 minutes which is not common but just you know he's, he's a regular um, client on the vans and he died less than a week later and it was cold and he passed out in a snowbank and he passed away that, that night. So even though they're housed and even though they're like off the streets in a sense it's the addiction and just being alone and all that kind of thing so relationships are a huge deal in general uh you know you get news of somebody passing away and uh sometimes like you just don't know because you don't see them or hear from them and you just don't have any connection whether they moved away or whether they got housed or something and you don't want to expect the worst, but you just don't know, right? You to start Yo, there's a guy like, pressed up on the
0: floor. On the floor? Right here. Just hang on, we're just gonna... Yeah. I think we need to bring her the glass so she can get warm. She's the one not really wanting
2: How? not not. I think she's going to be.
0: I want to keep her warm until you know yep. pulse.
2: Um, Someone needs to stay there and have her head lifted up and keep talking to her to tell her to keep breathing. <laughs> I don't know her name or anything. All I know is that's what you got to do. Get her to I'll EMS on you. Mr. pulse mm. Can you uh, pull up her dress or shirt? I need her arm. I need one of her arms, that's out wide. it up to where? I just need this part of the arm I suppose. still Eight. Okay. Pinpoint pupils. She's got pinpoint pupils? point okay. pupils. She's breathing at oh, like yeah. 5. Yeah, yeah, we'll get the
3: bed. Do you guys have the Narcon drawn up? Drawn up. Point four. Yeah. We'll have it down there. So. Yeah. Yeah, so you know
2: what? It's not for me. It's me. All
3: right. All right. Let's get that first dose there. guys, you want to ride her out? Yeah, her right
1: the okay. you want to ride her out? You're going to grab some yeah? hats there guys? We're
3: just
2: going to get her out. Essentially one of our, essentially our, as our crew was driving there, um, towards the whole mission, we saw this lady that was lying down on on the streets with her arms crossed, and then um, she so wasn't responding with the sternum rub, or um, even just you know, just calling out at her, and then uh, we went on. I checked her pupils, took her off the streets, decided you know what, give her a dose of Norcan, but the Narcan froze outside, so we decided to haul her in here. Yeah. So while while I was I was doing this. One of our crew members also called EMSs for backup, Um, and then now they're dealing with uh, a now patient. Was a client, now a patient. So um, I guess something that we, as Crisis Diversion, try to do is try to divert this crisis before it becomes an actual emergency and uh, before the clients become patients.
0: I've, I've uh, talked with people who you want to make uh, better choices, but when they're hungry and they're shivering, um, that's pretty hard and I'm just glad that we get to partner, uh, especially in the January, February, March months where we're literally helping people survive. Um, just showing that there there's... Uh, uh, multiple people outside of our vans, outside of our organization who are care, have care and concern for them and are providing for their daily needs, I think that's a, a pretty pretty cool privilege to have.
3: It was still like summer weather out. We were parked at the Walmart and I think Kevin went in to go to the bathroom and this guy walked up to the van and he was pushing a stroller. And he basically came up and he's like, hey, I don't need anything, I just really wanted to say thank you. And he said, like his story, he got help from the van a couple years back. And he said, I was homeless, it was my first time homeless, I was going through a really rough phase in my life. And he's like, if it wasn't for the van picking me up, I don't know where I would have been today. said he went to the shelter he got the help he needed Um, he talked to the shelter staff and the people on the van about different resources that he could use and he now has a full-time job
1: and he has a little baby girl thank you for listening to hope stories episode three I hope that today's episode can be a reminder of the many challenges our neighbors experiencing homelessness face each day. For many of our guests, a simple hot meal, night of shelter, or friendly conversation can be the beginning of a transformed life. And that transformation starts with you. By becoming a Hearts of Hope monthly donor, you can join a community of amazing Edmontonians working together to make a difference each and every month. To learn more about how you can provide meals, shelter, and life changing care to our neighbors in need each month, visit hopemission.com. Your Hearts of Hope monthly gift will be life changing for someone who is hurting, hungry, and all alone. Make sure you tune in next time where we continue to take you behind the scenes of the 24 7 rescue van. And remember, if you see a neighbor in distress, just call 211 and press option 3. Your simple phone call could save a life.